My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. When you call 811, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. 811 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. She takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing. I'm putting it on life in general. Many sports topics and politics. Pauly doesn't hold back. The two-time world champion, Pauly the Magic Man Malinaji. Pauly Malinaji, Peter Collins, welcome to the world. That's uh, what we still call it at this point. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Showtime Boxing Extravaganza here on uh, the Podcast Network or whatever we're, we're on. Showtime Boxing Podcast Networks. What's going on, guys? Dude, you nailed that. That was awesome. Did we? <laughs> yeah, Did you we totally you killed it. That was great. Yeah. Great intro. Yeah, especially when I don't know what episode we're up to anymore. I don't know what we belong to, but we're making it happen. We're still trucking along here. Fans love us. Fans give us a great feedback every time we do film an episode, so we try to do our best and uh, put our time into it as much as we can. What are you guys up to? What's going on today? I'm uh, I'm obviously not in studio again. I got caught in a monsoon of rain. I don't know what's going on. The, the Bell Parkway was actually like like an ocean. Like There was a section of the Bell Parkway that I thought my car was going to sink into. That's how much water was on here. Crazy. You got insurance, right? You're good? No, I'm good. I, no. I managed to drive through it, but it was like one of those, you know those newscasts where you're looking at the flooding zones and they show like the cars driving and, and the, the water's popping up all off the ground because it's, there's so much of it it's kind of drives through like a big puddle like a river I felt like I was driving through a river at some point you know yeah, I felt like some cars were getting stuck but that's why mainly there was a traffic jam some cars had to slow down to to go through that it was it was actually brutal New York tax dollars at work gotta love it gotta love it love it de Blasio for president de Blasio it's yeah. one thing de you Blasio, can't complain you about, about day, about Jersey. day for de Blasio is you think he just hangs out and does nothing all day how do you get there? Like, imagine you just get that far in life and you just hang out doing nothing. I, I, I'm convinced the guy doesn't do anything. Why don't you run? Nobody will vote for me, bro. I, that's not true. I think you do all right. I, I, won't, I won't lie. I won't lie just to get votes. We're going to vote for Bull Deedle. Bull Deedle. Boom. Is, I, I feel like if, if he runs against the mayor, I think he'll beat him, no? I think anybody would beat him at this point. <laughs> at this point. How do you, how do you not beat him? Bull yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... This guy does have some. Fan. I don't know who. Got, I don't. I don't know who could like him at this point. You know, I don't. I don't think he's actually accomplished anything in his, in his tenure as mayor of New York City. No, it's uh, gotten worse. Not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. There's, there's any. There's anything he, he's actually done to say, man. Well, you know what? That, that thing got up to the Blasio being in office. He did this, this, and this. I, don't, I I've yet to figure something out that he did. I read the paper yesterday that he's putting in a program that will help 8,500. Uh, Inmates like from local prisons that when they get out they have jobs. I guess that's that's nice. That's good. But, yeah. um, where, where, where are they going to be the jobs though? No, well, just like try to get them trade jobs and just working with companies to give them a shot so that they don't end up repeating. Future legend, right? Magic man customer, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, seriously, like, like yeah, probably construction. You know, you got to learn a trade. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna put like a convicted murderer and you're gonna give a hammer to go to work. Well, what are you going to do with him? No, when he gets out, what do you what do you want him to do? You want him to you want him to bag up your groceries? What's the difference? The difference the difference is he can't kill you with a brown bag. He can kill you with a hammer. That's oh, until he can't have something in his pocket when he's bagging those groceries. Of course, you can do anything you want. Right. Uh, so, what's but, the difference? I don't like I don't like the way this is going. One's enabling and one's not, though. I hear you. One's, well, one's actually teaching him how to use tools uh, for the right reason, and it's up to anybody could go and, and grab a hammer and find oh, a hammer. Boy. It's eight dollars in the pharmacy, but um, sure, you know, sure. you actually give them a path to not go back is actually not a bad gig. Yeah, of course, absolutely. They should do it like in Thailand. They should just have them fight, and the winner gets out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like we had in the Showtime special. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. 
I thought it was pretty that's cool actually, too. That's actually a pretty cool story right there. Prison fighters have five rounds of freedom. I don't know. I don't know if that's quite politically correct to do that over here. No, but shout out to Mark Kriegel. He worked a lot on that on that project. Our boy. Shout out to Mark. Right, right. Yeah. Mark. That's that. They come. They come up with some cool concepts there, and of course, Mark knows how to really dig deep into the into the whole concept of everything he reports into. So. But what does he do if what if he, what does he do if the if the person that he's like interviewing doesn't have like a weird relationship with their father? <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody yeah. does. He yeah. finds it no matter what. Oh yeah, he finds it. There's something yeah. there. Hey, uh, last time we saw you, you were on uh, TV, uh, calling. The, 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 you were in the studio for the Linares uh, Corolla fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, sitting next to the, the what, one of the best fighters in the world. Yeah, yeah. Jorge Linares. Shout out to Jorge Linares. You look great in the fight. Jorge Linares is the. The correct way to say his We keeping you up, buddy? I'm sorry. You want to take a nap and call yeah. us back? Right. If I fell asleep in this traffic jam and I woke up, I'd still be in the same place anyway. Right? So it wouldn't even matter if I fell asleep at the wheel. Um, no, I I think um, I think Linares fought a great fight. I, I you know people are gonna say he made some adjustments. I don't, I'm not sure if it was as much adjustments from Linares made as much as Kala, um switching things to the point where I don't know. To me, well, he didn't look sharp at all. You know what I'm saying? He did. And Linares is his same his same creative self, uh, speedy self. Uh, Sharp boxer uh, looks very good. I mean, it's, it looks like he still has a lot left. Um, but I didn't see anything new from Leonidas. I mean, I saw a very t- a terrific fighter, which Leonidas always has been. But I, I didn't necessarily see anything new from him. I just saw a crawl that was even more flat than than ever, you know. And uh, he was kind of telegraphing everything he was going to do. It wasn't so much telegraphing his punches as much as he was telegraphing the moves. And if you're telegraphing the move, it's obviously one step before telegraphing the punches. So either way, if you, even if you're not telegraphing your punches, if you're telegraphing the move. I'm gonna know what you're doing, you know. So, and I'm gonna know what punches you're throwing, regardless. So, so I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say he was overtrained or whatnot, but he definitely uh, was at least, in the very least, overthinking in there, and um, just not, you know, letting it naturally flow. And a guy like Leonidas was always letting it naturally flow. He, uh, you know, he he took advantage of that. Yeah, I, I, that reminded me of the Lenaris like that I remember like first hearing about. He literally does everything right. You know, unless you force a pace that gets to him, he could just pick you apart, and and he can be creative doing it. He could switch. He could, he turns his hips. He, you don't know if a right hand is coming, if a lead hook is coming, if a jab to the body is coming, and then he's fainting. It's like it's really. I enjoyed it. I heard a lot of people say, "Oh, boring fight." I I enjoyed what? it. That was not a boring. I fight. I love watching that kid fight. Well, I think I think people complain about being boring because they complain that if it's not competitive, to them it's boring, but. You know, I think it was also the effectiveness of Linares in comparison to the ineffectiveness of Krola. Obviously, made it a one-sided fight. I mean, you can always change the channel if you really want to complain. I mean, I don't think you're gonna get. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get 50, 50 fights every single time you get in the ring. I think after the first fight, it was pretty obvious. Krola was gonna have a tough time being Linares. You know what I'm saying? I think most people, most people would have agreed. You know, the fact that they made the rematch was totally business-oriented. You know, right. I don't think I don't think Golden Boy could get Linares a date. On American TV because they don't have very many dates, so let's angle for a, re- a rematch with Crawler because Sky TV will buy it and we can get Leonidas paid again for a fight he'll win again, you know. And uh, and the arena will always sell for British fighters in, in England. So, I mean, I, I thought it was very well thought out by the promoters, Golden Boy. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, at, at day's end, if you really if you really paid attention to the first fight, this was this wasn't a fight that you were gonna that you that you thought was gonna be have a, have a different result. Now, did I think it was gonna be this one sided? I did not think it was gonna be this one sided, but I did feel Linares was always gonna be the winner you know, whenever they fight. Yeah, exactly. And even Oscar was like trying to be the promoter when he was at the fight. He's like, it was like the eighth round. It, clearly, I think I had given Kroll a one round, and he's like, this is a good fight. He's like. This, you know, we don't know how they're scoring the rounds. Like, come on, Oscar. The problem, the problem with Oscar is he's so used to being fake that he doesn't even realize how to be real anymore. He's that like was, A-Rod. That was, that was ridiculous. I don't know. Like, like I, sometimes you just got to give the answer instead of just trying to pretend to give the, the, the what the proper answer might be or what it is. Sometimes the proper answer is just give the answer. Yeah, how about like, like yeah, I, you know. Everybody in their mind. Stevie Wonder could have seen that that fight wasn't close on Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? Ray, if you put Ray Charles ringside or in the nosebleed seats even, even he would have told you that fight wasn't close Saturday night. You know? So I don't, I don't, I don't, sometimes if, if you don't, sometimes if you, if you don't search for the complicated answer, you make yourself look less stupid, you know? Absolutely. Everybody saw what was going on. So, you know, you're, you're sitting there with uh, Mikey Garcia, 
you know, obviously you guys are talking on the air, but I'm sure you guys had a few words off air as well. Is it, is that the fight you think is going to be next for him? Is Linares well, and Mikey? Mikey would like to angle for that fight. Here's what he's saying, though. You know, he we're, we were both talking, and we're not convinced that Oscar's going to just make the fight with Linares. As a matter of fact, to no surprise, in the days afterwards, uh, Linares and Flanagan, there were talks of Linares and Flanagan after Flanagan possibly wins on the eighth against Peter Petrov. You know, so. Right away, you know, Golden Boy's looking to make a, a different fight for Leonidas or, or possibly go in a different direction than Mikey Garcia. I think as good as Leonidas looked on Saturday night and he looks terrific and he's a great fighter, I think Leonidas gets knocked out by Mikey Garcia. And I think, I think Oscar La Jolla probably knows that. I think the Golden Boy team probably knows that. So they were looking to angle at a different way, different way in a different fight. I don't blame them in that regard. Mikey, though, obviously says, you know, if they don't fight me, it's going to look bad. Now there will be two fighters, the Golden Boy, two Golden Boy fighters that Oscar is forcing to avoid fights they're supposed to fight. And that would be Canelo avoiding Golovkin at all costs. And now if Jorge Linares avoids Mikey Garcia, you'll have two, two, two top fighters in the same position where, you know, Oscar is trying to steer them clear of the, the, the risk that is supposed to happen next, you know. So, so it won't be a good look for the company. Uh, I agree with Mikey there. Uh, but we'll see, you know, because Mikey also has a couple of options, you know, he was, he was in discussions for several different fights, you know, so Mikey's in a position, Mikey's in a power position right now, you know, he's going to talk to several different fights, including a Manny Pacquiao fight possibly, you know, oh. and Manny Pacquiao is, uh, he's obviously not, not, uh, um, not a guy who's, who's gonna, who's in the Jeff Horn fight, it's not signed, the Amir Khan fight was never signed, um, you know, those, uh, as I said before, those United Arab Emirates fights, and I don't know if we got on it on the show or not. You know, there was one time I was offered a, a fight in the United Arab Emirates, but, you know, those fights never seem to happen. They never get they get their get their shit together, you know, over there because they they piss money away so easily that they don't respect deadlines. They don't respect uh, um, just 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 different things, putting money in escrow by a certain deadline or whatnot. So you know, it's hard to do business with people like that. It's hard to set up an event with people like that, you know, um, because, you know, they, money is not an issue for them, you know. Much not, money not being an issue for them is, a, is not necessarily a bad thing, but being organized is a bit. Not being organized is a bad thing. So it's hard to put, a, put together an event. And so I was not surprised when Khan and Pacquiao was not able to come to fruition. But now that Khan and Pacquiao is not, not coming to fruition, and, and thanks to genius Michael Conks, he walked away from Pacquiao and Horn, um, Pacquiao had no fight, you know? I mean, if, 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 if my, in my opinion, if Michael Conks didn't have so much shit on Pacquiao, this guy would have been fired like 10 years ago. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, like, there's an obvious reason why Michael Conkins never gets fired from this guy, Pacquiao, Pacquiao's team. He's obviously got a, a ton of shit on the guy, you know? But that's uh, another conversation for another day. Uh, at the moment, though, Mikey was uh, discussing about the possibility with me of also uh, uh, being in talks with Top Rank about a possible Pacquiao fight. And that's... Uh, Something that would probably be interesting talk as well, so we'll see. And I'm I'm also looking online, and uh, and Pete actually mentioned to me earlier about uh, yeah. Mikey Garcia challenged Lomachenko, and Lomachenko said we can meet at 135. That's I got a quote here from Lomachenko. Yeah, yeah, he, had he had mentioned that as well uh, to me, but um, you know I, I think Mikey's looking for the big fights. He's, he's looking to have the the big names. Um, and he, that was also something he had mentioned to me as well. Uh, with top rank, I mentioned Lomachenko, but. But it's, I, I don't know, I, I just felt like the Pacquiao went in different directions, all kinds of different directions. I felt like the Pacquiao fight could really be made, you know? That's how I took it, you know what I mean? I, what it way? Was my, it was just my opinion. But, you know, Lomachenko for me, you know, didn't he just move up to 130? I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, don't, know, I don't know to what degree you're going to, you're gonna, you know, you're going to put yourself in jeopardy constantly moving up. And I know Mikey's a former featherweight, but Mikey obviously has taken to the bigger weights a lot better than, than uh, Lomachenko. I mean, Lomachenko is a smaller guy physically, even if they both were fighting the same way at one time, you know? Absolutely. But the problem is that nobody really cares about Lomachenko, apparently. They just throw him in with whoever he wants to fight. So between him and his father, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He fights Alito, your second pro fight. It's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, guy, the guy's got tremendous talent. He's, he's, he's probably pound for pound for me the the guy with the most overall skill set in boxing, you know, um, he may not be number one on my pound for pound list at the moment, but he's certainly the guy with the most overall skill set in boxing at the moment, you know. And I and I've I've felt I've been high on this guy since I first saw him in the, in the amateurs, since I first saw him in the Olympics back in 2008 when he was in the amateurs. Um, and I, I know obviously he's he's, he's he's still a tremendous athlete. Uh, I actually tweeted out earlier in the week something about him uh, competing in sambo competitions. I mean, this guy. This guy competed in sambo competitions for years as a kid. So, I mean, if you talk about a boxer, you can put him in the mixed martial arts octagon. Vasily Lomachenko is an experienced sambo, very, very experienced through years of combo, of sambo combat, sambo judo. 
and uh, obviously he has the boxing skills, the stand-up, stand-up skills of a world-class athlete in boxing. Um, <laughs> you talk about a guy who can morph into an MMA fighter from boxing, I think uh, uh, Lomachenko is the guy. Well, you know, I know your family, you have some background in, in mixed martial arts, too, with, with your brother. Mm-hmm. You think um, some of that training has helped Lomachenko as a boxer? Um, it's possible. You know, I I think they uh, you know, there, there's certainly uh, things on the inside where he probably knows how to break free of certain clinches and uh, maybe position himself from certain clinches to give himself the advantage in the punching angle and the ensuing punching angle off the clinches. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think that's possible. I think that's possible that uh, it's definitely helped him uh, in that regard. I mean. You know, he's just so versatile that you know it, it, it's 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 definitely a lot more than that. But that it, 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 the reason he's so successful is definitely a lot more than that. But I think without a doubt, I mean, there's some some of the things he's he's been able to he was able to learn and pick up in in sambo and the grappling, uh, because he did it for so many years. I mean, literally, there's a video where it shows him through years of of uh, of experience in tournaments. You know, like so so he clearly did it for years. And when you're doing anything like that for years, especially when you're talented naturally, as Vasil Lomachenko. Um, I think you're picking up a lot. Is there anything that he can't do? I mean, I saw a little clip of him juggling like four tennis balls today, <laughs> throwing them against the wall. I saw him one time yeah, he's, playing with he's, a soccer ball. Like, he, you could tell you know, he knew how to touch the he's, ball. He's, he's, he's on another level cerebrally, too. You know what I mean? He's physically something special, but he's also, you know, to be able to do some of the stuff that he's doing, you know, he's also another, another level cerebrally. Like, some of these weird workouts that he's doing like these juggling acts these these the, i don't know you know I, I feel like it's mental and physical and i feel he's 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 balanced it out very well, you know? If he has a huge pecker, it's just wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just wrong on so many levels. There's got to be something. I think, I, think, I think it's only the right. I, you see, I disagree. So I, I'm, no, I'm because it's not guys. fair. I'm more of a glass hand full kind of guy. I think a guy who can do all those things deserves to have a big pecker. No, no, you but it's not fair. It's actually. And he, and he should have one. No, but it's it's not really all fair. All the, other, all the other talents he has, why not have a big one as well? But that's you the know, problem, because then he's just superhuman. You know, if at least if he has an average pecker or a small one you say ah dick i got you there you know but you really don't have him you got a man like why can't you just not got him i don't have anything yeah but that's what i'm saying like you know i don't have to be better than a man anything i can still live my life you know like i can i can enjoy it watching the guy watching the guy be successful and then rooting for him you know yeah appreciate his talent pete relax too easy yeah yeah you know he lost the fight you know i think i think if he's uh Regardless of the size of the pecker, I root for him. (laughs) Yeah, I I do too. You get the best in boxing talk right here. Showtime Championship (laughs) Boxing. Paulie Malignaggi, Peter Cards. Bringing it. Hey, also, there's another piece of news here. I see uh, uh, Kessler, Mikel Kessler, announced he's He's making a comeback. And uh, Frotch got a little excited about that and actually quoted. He said, I've always uh, said fighters should stay retired, but I've got to be honest, this has really got me thinking. He said, it is 1-1, of course, and if... And he's going to get me going again. It's a decider with Miguel Kessler, said Frotch. Ooh. How about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's something that uh, that is probably tempting to both guys. You know, I'm going to be honest. I, I think neither guy at this point would want to fight the young, hungry Lions. But I think they, they can, can make both a third use fight each other. Yeah, they can make a third fight and make a ton of money together, and and, and see who and you know, see who wins the deciding uh, fight that breaks the tie. I think, uh, I think that's a. Uh, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. And it's also it's it's like an uneven playing field too. You know, two guys who are retired coming back, mm-hmm. similar age. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the the shame the shame of it is here. This is this. You know, I, I think if if Cal, if, Kessler, if, Kessler, if France loses to to Kessler, he's going to be down to one overall, and the history will smile more on obviously on Kessler, who's obviously a great fighter. But in the grand scheme of things. Then that huge rivalry Frotch had with Calzaghe. Now Calzaghe can one up him and say, "Ah, you know, I won the, I won the lifetime battle against Kessler. I was up one zero. Now you were, you were down to one, you know. Uh, and, and nobody's gonna say, oh, it's because they were this age or that age, you know. Frotch is gonna give. It's gonna risk to give Calzaghe those bragging rights. And I know how much they, I know how much they love each other. So I don't know how much he wants to give them the bragging rights. Oh, they're not. They're they're adversaries. They don't like each oh, other. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they were trying to make that fight for you for a while. There's no love lost. Why did, why did they never fight? Because uh, well, I was, you know, it was towards the end of his career and was basically like, you know, what am I going to go fight him for? You know? Yeah, so I actually chose to retire, and, you know, we're all entitled to making that choice. And uh, Frotch, uh, you know, obviously ended up making the, 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 boost, the boosting part of his career, the, the neat part of, 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 of Frotch's career happened afterwards where he was getting all these big names. I think he had already beaten Pascal, possibly, and with Tyler, he was still fighting. I'm not sure. But um, I think Frosch had already beaten Pascal. 
But um, you know, obviously he would beat on, go on to be many more big names uh, after that. So at the moment, uh, maybe Charles Agnew just didn't feel like it was worth to take a risk against a guy who wasn't so solidified as a star yet, um, and said chose to retire. And uh, you know, that's uh, his prerogative at that point. He he had himself a, a great career uh, in his own right. Charles Agnew was good. Normal for the fans. Anytime shit like that happens, we always lose out. You know, those are always fights we'd rather see. Yeah, of course. Charles uh, Agnew was great in his day. Yeah. He oh, stood God. retired. It, as hard as it is, he he stood retired. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. That's true. A guy like that probably had a lot of temptation to come back, you know, so many, on so many levels, you know. Mm-hmm. He stuck it out. No doubt. He's, he's, he's a fun fighter to watch, too. Yeah. My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. When you call A11, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. A11 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. Game on! Don't miss a second of the NFL on CBS. With CBS All Access, subscribers can stream their local market games live and get full game day coverage on TV-connected devices and tablets. From Thursday Night Football to Sunday Doubleheaders, we have all your NFL on CBS excitement covered. Start your free trial now at cbs.com NFL. That's cbs.com NFL. Uh, also, Al Heyman just signed uh, King Kong. That's big yeah, news. Yeah, Luis Ortiz. I wonder if he sold the contract with Matchroom. I don't know how, that, how long that contract was with Matchroom Promotions. Um, I know he was already hearing in Matchroom, and he had a couple of fights under, under their banner. I wonder if it's a deal where he's with Heyman and Matchroom. Yeah, I'm curious myself because he was fight. he was kind of shitting on them. In the U.K. or if he's, uh, he's going to come back to the U.S. and fight. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Me either, but we'll he was kind of he was kind of shitting on them a little bit. Was he? I was just saying, you know, now I'm with a guy that can get me fights. I signed with a promoter to try to get me fights, and they couldn't get me the biggest fights. So now yeah. this guy can. So, so we, we, yeah, we were talking earlier, Paulie, um, uh, before we came on about how now that he's with uh, with Heyman, I mean, it's uh, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see the Wilder fight getting made. I'll be honest with you, but you know, there's possibly guys like Dominic Brazil, Gerald Washington, um, you know, names that. Are, are in the mix and have been in with the names like Wilder and, and Joshua, and maybe, uh, you know, Heyman can put them in with uh, King Kong and, and everybody can make some money, you know? I would definitely I like to see Brazil <clears throat> Brazil and Ortiz. That would be a great fight. Excuse me, though, or does Ortiz look like he's 100, though? You know what I'm saying? He's, he's about, he's I about feel like 62. His real age is, it might be older than what he is, you know? <clears throat> he's like 62, but he's yeah, in good shape. Yeah, makes him dangerous, <laughs> nonetheless, as a puncher, but... You know, I don't. I, you start the question as a guy gets older. How much? What, what is his? What is his uh, uh, ability to take punishment? You know, is, is he gonna keep? Is he gonna wither away with uh, with his uh, as he as he gets older and older? Especially if he's already older than he seems. You know. We'll definitely find out that answer in a, in a Brazil fight with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> although you know, one thing King Kong has is the big punch of power. So and Brazil you know, gets like, hit too if much. You, if you can't show me, if you're gonna, if you can't show you gonna get out of the way, you're not gonna last long enough to punish him anyway. That guy just always finds a way to like grab, hold on, and get up, and then that was crazy. That last you. fight he had was it's absolutely just, insane. It's wild. He's like a, a Toro Gatti at heavyweight. As you know, I'm gonna get the monkey off my back right now. Like, is that really like no? Or, or maybe I feel like it's the 800 pound gorilla in the room. You know, like I feel like I gotta make him come back to the to the studio because you guys sound like you're in a fucking funeral every time I talk to you guys. I'm on the Holy phone. Holy shit! You guys gotta pick up the pace, Minka. You guys are killing me right now. Like you guys sound like you're asleep and you're sleepwalking. Like you're sleepwalking. Because we're you know? depressed. Because we have set the studio. We're gonna shoot video and you don't show up. I understand, but you guys gotta, you know, you guys got you guys gotta sound like you're interested in what we're talking about too. What about what about tonight? Tonight's good fights. Oh man, Keandre, my boy. Keandre Gibson, tonight? very talented. Yeah. Tonight my on boy, ESPN Keandre. too. You know what time do they go on? No, it says it's tomorrow night, Saturday night. No, 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 sir. No, it's tonight. It's tonight. I don't know. I think no, I'm looking at this. Right. They said April first, right? April first is tomorrow, bro. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah, don't mess with me. I got the internet. Oh, man, they threw me up for a loop, bro, because last week was Friday, right? Yeah. Two, uh, two undefeated uh, junior, uh, junior oh, welterweights. They can't do this. They can't do this. They got to have a set night, because if they, don't, if they don't start having a set night, people aren't going to be able to keep up. Yeah, I thought Friday Night Fights was yeah. back. Oh, you're right. I, I, I thought the same thing. But then, yeah, then I realized, I, I, now that Seth brings it up, I remember the actual date is April 1st, which uh, means it's not until tomorrow. But if they keep doing this, it's how you lose viewers, bro, because people, people like us forget, you know? April Fool's. Hey, yeah. So, yeah, so you got two undefeated junior uh, welterweights. We got. I wonder if they're waiting already on the West Coast. They're probably waiting in right now. The waiting's probably happening right now. Yeah, that's that's yeah, another like thing. That fight, man. You know, Kendrick's so talented in the gym, but I feel like in the fight he's still missing a little bit of a piece of of, of possibly uh, 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 pace control. You know, with uh, you know he, he gets himself in too many exchanges as talented as he is, and then he loses control of the pace and winds up as a tough fight. He's got all the talent in the world. I mean, I had him in my training camp for a. Uh, for when I fought Adrian Broner, uh, I know he's been in Canelo Alvarez training camp and so many others. He's, yeah, he can, he can more than hold his own. But um, pace control is very important in boxing, especially when you start fighting 10 or 12 rounds. And Antonio Orozco has the experience in, in some of the bigger fights. He's not, he doesn't have the big, big fights, but he's definitely got more experience than Keandre on that level. That's hey, going to be a good one. You mentioned you sparred with him. It just made me curious. Who is the, who's the best fighter you ever sparred with in your career? Honestly... The best fighter I've ever followed, I probably can't even answer that question. Because, you know, like you talk about my professional fighting career, okay, there's 44 fights, you know, like, and you say, all right, you know, you, you can actually remember a lot of them, even a lot of the amateur fights. But, I mean, sparring, dude, I mean, there's nothing that that stands out to the point where it's like, oh, my God, this guy. I mean, I have sparred so many guys, thousands and thousands of rounds. I mean, there's just no way anything's going to stick out to me at this point, you know. What's so, the first name comes to your head? None, honestly, none. All right, good. All right, I'm gonna strike that from the record. Yeah. I think, I, think. I uh, fought. I mean, I've, I've had the privilege to spar with guys that I learned a lot from. You know, uh, starting with guys like Junior Jones, uh, Harris. Um, you know, and their guys in their prime. You know, championship. But Virgilio Tor was a guy who really, uh, uh, you know, took the time not only to spar with me but also to talk to me and really uh, teach me the ways and whatnot. You know, uh, also, was also an ex world champion and ex Olympic bronze medalist. He was was uh, Virgilio Tor. You know. Um, so, so guys, uh, you know, so many people that, I don't know, different gyms, different cities, you know, championship all fighters. I, if I, it's like. If honestly, I had, if I had to pick two guys. It's like pro liberals out there that are going to, that are going to uh, say it's politically incorrect. It's like the amount of women I slept with. I've lost count. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like the amount of women I slept with and the same thing as the amount of champions I've sparred. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've actually lost count and there's probably moments that I should remember that I don't remember all the time and then sometimes it just randomly comes to your mind. You know what I'm saying? When you, like, sparring moments where it's like, oh man, I did spar that guy. Or, oh man, remember this day. Like, where it's just like, it doesn't come to your mind when you want it to but because there's been so many and then you just randomly come to your mind. It's, it's the same concept, you know? So, so I mean, it's, it's I, you know, those, those those three guys obviously came to my mind because they were early on, you know. Arturo Gatti, I sparred one time as well when I was a kid. Um, John Guzman, I mean. Uh, I, yeah, I was waiting for you to say Guzman. Yeah, <laughs> like, John Guzman was amazing, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's just, uh, uh, John Guzman was probably one of the most biggest waste of talent I've ever seen in my life. Like, he was ultra, supremely talented, and nobody's ever going to know it. You know, that's how crazy it was with John Guzman. But um, I don't know. There's just so many others. I mean, like I said, I mean, I trained in some of the best gyms. I trained, I trained in Gleason's in the same day. I trained in Wild Card when it was super hot. You know what I'm saying? When it was as hot and, and, and saturated with world class fighters and world class talent. You know, I've uh, I was in Vero Beach with Buddy McGirt when his gym was, you know, bringing in some good fighters. So uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a good question, Seth. But it's probably one that doesn't have a definitive answer. All right. Well, you actually kind of did answer it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, it's been a lot. You gave some names. That was good. All right. Yeah, all right. I gave some names, but like I said, I mean, there's because names. Like, those are names that stuck out because they were all early in my career, and because they were early, you always remember the early guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, for lack of a better example, you're gonna remember your, your your first bunch of girls you had sex with. You're gonna remember them better than, than the ones you had, the ones in the middle of the pile. You know. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, exactly. certain yeah, women, thanks. certain women just have their way of leaving their imprint on you, though. <laughs> yeah, they need to get a shot to get it, get it, get it off you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, and we speaking of Lomachenko, he's got a fight coming up too in like a week against uh, Jason Sosa. Sosa. I haven't seen Sosa fight. Have you guys seen him fight? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, Jason's also had the win over Stephen Smith. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good fighter, and he's a guy that hasn't lost in seven years. Now I give him credit for. You know, going out and reaching out and wanting to fight Lomachenko. You know, uh, a lot of guys don't, don't really jump at the at the opportunity. 
and you know, I'm sure Sosa took the fight for a little more money than he's used to fighting for, so that's obviously a motivator as well. But it's also, you know, if you get beat, you're gonna make less money than on the flip side as well. So, so you know, you so that you gotta give credit for Sosa in taking the risk uh, and, and taking that fight. It's a fight I look forward to. Uh, anytime Lomachenko fights, I look forward to it. But Sosa's got some skills, so it's uh, it's it's so uh, it's gonna be. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's heavily favored as Lomachenko is gonna be. I still want to see if he's able to deal with a guy with the skills of Sosa, or how he's able to deal with him more specifically. In the same day, uh, you mentioned the Flanagan fight too. Flanagan against yeah, that uh, fight in England. You got uh, Terry Flanagan versus uh, Peter Petrov. It's a WBO lightweight title. Uh, I believe that fight's in Manchester as well, right? Correct. Wow, two lightweight title fights in the span of two weeks in Manchester. Look at that. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. You know, Manchester turning out the top fighters. Um, so that's uh, that should be interesting. Who's the cold feature? Who's also on that card? And Liam, I know Liam Smith versus Liam Williams. Oh, Liam Smith also that's a domestic battle. Okay, Liam Smith, that's world champion. Uh, that's that's a domestic little rivalry. That's, that should probably sell well out there as well. Um, do you give uh, the winner winner of Flanagan uh, Petrov? Do you think uh, that either of them have a shot against Linares to win? No, no, I don't. I don't. I think the winner of, of Flanagan and, and Petrov, especially if it's Flanagan, should fight Anthony Crawler. You know, you just just make you know just go. Just, it, it makes dollars and cents. Just make the fight. Manchester will sell out. Uh, you can make a you can have a booming booming event. Uh, if uh, if if you make those two guys for a world title, you know, we made two Manchester raised and born and raised fighters. I mean, you imagine how crazy the city will go. I mean, that, that's a fight you should make. There's just no excuse. I just think that this Frank Warren throwing salt at uh, uh, at uh, at Eddie Hearn by not not um, by not paying attention to the crawler talk and trying to instead go for the Linares fight. Because really, I mean, you're gonna get your your, cha- your world champion beaten by Linares. I mean, what kind of money are you bring to the table? Because Golden Boy's not bringing a lot of money to the table. They don't have any American TV dates. So, so you know, what money are you bring to the table getting your champion beat by Jorge Linares? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gotta make dollars and cents. That's why I, I from, from that perspective, I think it's just talking. It's, it's not real. It's not real. And I think the uh, ultimately Flanagan and Crawler is the fight you you go with if, if Flanagan is successful against Petrov because that's going to bring TV money into the mix and that's going to bring more money into the pot. That's going to bring a bigger live gate and so on and so forth. And I just it just makes too much sense for guys with the brains of uh, a guy with the brains of Frank Warren to say, "No, nah, I'm not doing it." You know. No, thank you for that yeah, that education, a business education. I mean, people got to remember it's a business, right? Uh, yeah. Is the next fight you're calling? Is is that uh is that Hold showtime? On. There's also there's also oh. the call feature on April eighth though, right? The April eighth for the yeah. The what's the call feature? Usyk, Usyk fighting. Oh yes. Right? Why is it not here? Yeah, Usyk is fighting. You know, uh, obviously Usyk is a WBO cruiserweight champion. They, they, I mean, these Eastern Europeans are dismantling the sport. I mean, you got Usyk at, at cruiserweight. Um, he's fighting Michael Hunter. I thought he was fighting Galastic or whatever, but I, I, I guess he is fighting Michael Hunter. You know, uh, Galastic is a is a light heavyweight, so he's gonna stay there. Um, but still, the cruiserweight division still has no shortage of Eastern Europeans because that's the guy that beat Golovkin for the title too, um, right? What, what's his name? Gassiev or something? Is it Gassiev? I, I forget these guys' names. Well, then there's the guy, there's the guy that beat Lebedev. Is that the same guy that beat Golovkin? Same guy that beat Dan? Oh no, Usyk beat Golovkin, Le- or Gassiev beat Lebedev. Correct? Is that the way it is? I gotta look. I have no clue about. I can't keep up. You're going so fast. I can't keep up with you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, even Gassiev is the guy to beat Lebedev. It, it's anyway, cruiserweights, so just like good fighters. Michael Hunter's a pretty decent fighter. Don't I'm not gonna sell him short. Michael Hunter's a pretty decent fighter. You know, he got a tough fight against Usyk, but he's not a bad fighter. And his father was a former uh, former heavyweight contender. Uh, also, Michael Hunter, the Bounty Bounty Hunter, Michael the Bounty Hunter, which is a cool nickname. If your last name's Hunter, Bounty Hunter is pretty cool nickname. Who did he fight in his day? Um. I don't remember now, man. He was he was in the nineties though. He was he was he wasn't a bad fighter. I think he what, fought Lennox. What was his you first know, name? Mike. Michael Hunter. Michael Bounty Hunter. And he's the it's a and the signs I think he's a junior if I'm if I'm correct. If, I remember, if I'm remembering all this correctly. Too much to think. You got too, too much going on here. You got the traffic. You got this is unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. I'm almost at the exit. It's just not crazy. By the way, but the reason I'm coming from Long Island is because I was at the, the National Coliseum this morning. You know what happened this morning at the National Coliseum? No. It's just boxing related. They had the grand opening, they had the ribbon cutting, so I got invited to the ceremony. Um, and, uh, oh, cool. You know, it's officially open. The National Coliseum is officially reopened, and they're going to have fights there. They're looking to try to stage. How uh, to look? They've got. They look great. They look great. And, and, and unlike Barclays Center, which has uh, which has taken the uh, Nassau Coliseum under its wing, the, the Nassau Coliseum has a parking lot. You know, so you know you won't have to go crazy looking for parking. That helps. Uh, 
like Barclays Center, so it's cool. And uh, they, they've, they've already got a couple of tentative dates, some tentative fights they want to put. Um, there's even a, a UFC date, uh, I heard, in July as well. UFC's already reserved a date. Uh, then I saw Coliseum. So they're rocking and rolling, bro. They they got some music acts already uh, lined up. Uh, I know Billy Joel was officially opening the building with the first show on April 5th. You know, so the ceremony was today. The opening, the cutting ceremony was today. The ribbon cutting ceremony, but Billy Joel opens the show, opens the event, uh, opens the building on April 5th. Was it the first event in the new building? Very and cool. It's ironic and it's all it's fitting since Billy Joel closed down the old Nassau Coliseum with the final show at the old Nassau Coliseum. So I'm just glad the building is still there. You know, uh, as much as I'm not an Islanders fan, I still give, got a love for the Islanders because they're in Brooklyn now. Uh, I, I do believe, you know, just on, on nostalgia alone and just on history alone, the New York Islanders should go back to the Nassau Coliseum and play in Long Island. But That's not going to happen. That's a non-boxing related, that's hockey related, but we'll see. Hey, uh, you mentioned uh, Mike uh, Bounty Hunter. I looked him up for you. He, he has wins over notable fighters such as Oliver McCall. Dwight okay. Muhammad Kawi, uh, Pinklin Thomas, wow. Terrell Biggs. So he had wow. some. Yeah, he had some. Yeah. He wasn't a bad fighter, man. He got. I think they killed him, bro. He got shot or something like that. Some, some, like some kind of tragedy thing happened with him, you know. And so he, he's deceased now. But his son is trying to, you know, make things happen. And this is a very big opportunity for his son. And uh, you know, fighting for the World Cruiserweight Championship, I think uh, against a very, very good fighter. So, uh, so I'm curious to see him because you know, Hunter has a has a story himself in that regard. Of uh, being the son of the of, of the father of his father, who is uh, a top contender, and Usyk obviously is Usyk. So even the Kofi Journal Lomachenko card is, is is interesting for several reasons, and uh, from a human perspective, and also from a boxing perspective. So it's pretty cool. So I, I look forward to the April 8th show. Oh, I got to tell you now because you said he died, so I just had to, I got to look it up, and it's it's an interesting story. February 2006, he was on the roof of a St. Moritz hotel in Los Angeles when he encountered two police officers who set up a buy bus sting operation. Their officers reported that Hunter was who was unprovoked, hit an officer on the head with a gun. Yeah, and the officer tackled Hunter and uh, joined the struggle. Hunter broke free and pointed his gun to the officers who promptly shot him twice in the chest and arm. He was taken uh, Cedar Sinai and he died. And a year later, his son uh, was U.S. amateur champ. Yeah. Now, yeah. Again, I mean, I hate to be cynical and all that stuff, but if he wrestled the gun away from him, from the cop, <laughs> he didn't get off one shot? I guess not. Well, like, does that make any sense? Like, Yeah, we don't know the real story. Like, no, we don't know the whole story, but that's definitely not the whole story. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the cover-up version, for sure. You know? Like, Sons of bitches. Like, I get the gun away from you. Even if you get off first and the shot off first, you just shoot me in the head. He shot, got shot in the chest and the arm, so he can actually shoot because he's, he's still conscious enough to shoot, to shoot the gun back. If he got shot in the head, I'd say, okay, he didn't get the shot off. He got shot in the chest and the arm and never got a shot off himself. Come on, bro. I don't know. How do these things even pass in court, bro? You know what I'm saying? Because the, you know, the cops. Don't get me started on this shit. Damn cops. Anyway, whatever. So that's the story. And his son won that U.S. Nationals the next year. Uh, and obviously he's on a, a promising pro career and he's fighting for the world title on April 8th. So should be interesting, man. Should be interesting. Yeah, good luck to him. Yeah. What uh, so you know, we got actually a month full of, of boxing in April. Just a, It's been a great year for boxing. I think any boxing fan would... Uh, would 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 uh, agree with that? Uh, April eighth, obviously, we talk about those cards. Um, April first, tomorrow night, we have uh, you know not as big of a show, but the Kendra Gibson and Jose Antonio Roscoe fight. That's a nice fight on ESPN here in the states. Um, April fifteenth, we got the uh, super lightweight unification fight with uh, uh, Julius Ndongo and uh, Ricky Burns. That's interesting because not a lot is known of Ndongo, but he did come in with a big big knockout of uh, of uh, Edward Trinowski and won the IBF. Light welterweight title. So is he? Uh, was he a uh, flash in the pan, or was he something for real? He's undefeated he's, too. He's undefeated, but you know we still gotta see how real he is. Yep. I think Ricky Burns is one of the more beatable champions in boxing. So if if if, uh, if Ndongo has anything left, I mean if Ndongo has anything to show to give, uh, if he's more than a flash in the pan, this fight can get real interesting real fast. You know, so I mean because Burns is quality in his own way, but you know he's all he. I think he's a little bit past his best years as well. So. Uh, I'm curious for a lot of reasons, and I think AWE is showing that fight, if I'm not mistaken, here in the U.S., so I think we're going to get that fight as well, well good. in the U.S., so it should be interesting. And then April 22nd is the next time I'm working, actually. That's uh, Showtime Sean Porter against uh, Andre Berto. Uh, there's been some trash talking, been, so it's becoming a little bit of a grudge match, and that's at Barclays Center April 22nd. The co-features uh, Jermel Charles defending against Charles Hatley. 
Charles Hadley is the Don King fighter that, you know, like all Don King fighters, nobody even knows a lot about him, but he seems uh, seems like a pretty good fighter. He's got an upset loss to Lionel Tyner. Lionel Tyner, though, is a, is a rugged journeyman who will get you at times. Uh, but he's got a win over Anthony Mundine, among others. Uh, I think I've heard some decent things about Hadley. I heard he's a pretty good fighter. We know Jamel can fight. Uh, so, you know, I, I, a nice card to look forward to there as well, April 22nd. Is there another fight on April 22nd? Is there an HBO fight as well? Is there something going on in, in Europe? I feel like uh, Tommy Langford versus... Uh, Av- I can't get this guy. Kurt Sides? Tommy Langford? Oh, versus Kurt Sides. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Sides. The guy that beat, uh, the guy that beat uh, Douglas, Antoine Douglas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that guy. That, that, that Kurt Sides, that's, uh, that's Gary Stark Sr.'s fighter, yeah. Okay, so so that fight is in England. He's fighting... Uh, uh, Correct. He's fighting Langford in England. I, I believe that's another Frank Warren card, uh, April 22nd. Frank Warren has a new deal with BT Sports, so I think he's using it... Uh, Wisely and, uh, and taking up dates with uh, fights, so that should be good. That should be cool. Now he's also got a uh, Jermonta uh, Davis, I think May May eighth on fighting. Uh, no, May twentieth on BT as well. Yeah, Jermonta uh, posted yep. something like that. Liam Walsh, she's fighting. Yep. Yeah. Hey, so l- l- let's go back to the Birdo Porter fight for a minute. How do you how do you see that going, Paulie? Um. Well, you know, you you probably favor the younger, fresher guy in, in Sean Porter. You know, he's. Uh, I think both guys are are guys who don't shy away from exchanges. Both guys are guys who don't shy away from the action. They're both going to come to fight, and they're both going to come to, you know, give action. They, they, they don't they, – they look to – these are both fighters that look to win in ways where they, they, they chase the dynamite, you know, and they look to throw, throw their own dynamite. But I think in some ways, you know, you probably favor the, more, the younger guy who can probably take a little more and who has more in the tank uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a bit fresher. Uh, in this in this fight, but uh, but I think it, it can it can be fun while it lasts. If it lasts all the way, it could be fun. I mean, there's no quitting Berto, and obviously there's no quitting Porter. So I uh, I think it's an entertaining fight for fans uh, to be able to watch on that on the, on the set day. On well, yeah, I think Berto's seen his best days, and I think uh, but he's still style dang- wise, still a dangerous fighter. Though. Yeah, no, he he always has the power that he has, uh, punching power, but. Uh, he's going to be hard for him to to stay away from Berto, uh, from um, Porter when he needs to because Porter's so aggressive. Yeah, and uh, those slow legs, I think, are going to get to him. But yeah, it, it's definitely going to be exciting. Uh, One people... thing to keep in mind about those Berto does have a sharp uppercut. Sharp uppercut. Yeah, yeah. that really oh, rock- sharp uppercut. Yeah, he rocked. What's his name last a, fight? Ortiz. It's a it's a it's a Berto staple punch. It's a signature punch because the way he gets it off and the way he, the move he makes to get it off is is is, is, is Vintage Berto, no, you know you don't. You see that move. You, you, if you just play silhouette and you don't see it's Andre Berto. If you see somebody throwing uppercut in that move, with that, with that move, you know it's Andre Berto. Like it, it's kind of a, a vintage move of his. So I, I, I think that's one wild card in the fight. Well, I, because I favor Porter, I favor uh, Porter in the fight. But, but one of the wild cards to keep an eye out on in favor of Berto is that, that, that uppercut. It's sneaky. It's sharp. It's, it's a, it's a good hard punch. Uh, and Porter does tend to come in with his head down. Yeah, it makes sense. And um, that next week, are you going to Wembley or what? Oh. Yeah, next week I'll be working the Wembley fight. It's, That's uh, awesome. Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko. We still haven't solidified the date yet for Showtime, and we were in the process of trying to close the deal. Whether it is for Showtime or whether it is for Sky Sports, I should be there April 29th. Oh, I thought Showtime was a done deal. I thought it was too, but uh, apparently we're almost done, but we're not done. I think that's the, the 29th is the same day that the uh, tentative in Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, that's out. Oh, that's out. Hmm. Yeah, that's out. I think uh, I I think I I heard uh, you know we we're told uh, to talk about the fight, so I think it's got to be very close to a done deal. Which fight? The the, the Joshua, Joshua Klitschko, Klitschko fight. Yeah. But Joshua Klitschko's been done. No, the I'm TV. talking about for Showtime. I'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. No, I uh, I you know they. They told us last Saturday that it wasn't done yet when we were in the me- production meetings for the Crawl and Arts fight. But they said that, uh, you know, they, they think they're going to be able to angle it out. With the, they, were, they had some sort of agreement with HBO, but HBO has Klitschko on the contract, you know. So right. We're going to make some sort of agreement with HBO, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. So either way, you're going to be there, though, so you must be excited about that. Wembley, Wembley's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, Wembley's going to be rocking. Either way, I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll be there either for Sky or for Showtime. Or possibly for both. If I worked up, if I worked up by the Showtime, Sky will have the option to bring me in earlier in the week to do some stuff with them as well. For Showtime, is an evening until starting Thursday of fight week. What, so what we'll, kind of what kind of shot do you give Klitschko in that fight? Um, a puncher's chance. You know, I give him a puncher's chance. But uh, I favor Joshua in the fight. But I certainly give Vladimir a puncher's chance and uh, a sharp puncher's chance because he's sharp. All right. 
Hey, he's getting Word. old. He's getting old. This is his last uh, last hurrah. So if he, if he's gonna right. if he's gonna land the sharp shot, he's got to throw it sharp. He's got to let gotta, it go. He's got to let it go. Yeah, because exactly. he'll end up he'll end up getting knocked down real quick with the sharpness mm-hmm. of Joshua. And one other thing I saw in the news was uh, and it's not big news, but you were talking about Jermel Charlo's fight. He's been sparring with uh, Errol Spence. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, I think I think that's uh, I think that's good work for Errol. I think that's a good work for both guys. Probably yeah. it's highly a southpaw. I got. I got. I want to watch the video of Hatley before uh, before I get back in this house because they're all the southpaws. So if he's with Warren Earl Spence, you know, I don't know if Jamel's been. Yeah, that been, would make sense. Yeah, so we'll see. <clears throat> I heard uh, what what is his name? Ben Saunders, uh, the middleweight. Be, uh, Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe? Yeah, Billy Joe Saunders said, uh, "Kel Brook is gonna knock the shit out of this kid, Spence Jr." Right, so Saunders been sparring with Brook. I don't know. I guess you know it, the same way people don't know much about Brook here. They don't know much about Earl there. Yeah. You know, well, that's the that's the that's kind of the um, that's kind of the uh, the the feeling I got from both sides because I've, I've experienced both sides of the Atlantic and a big talk about this fight on both sides of the Atlantic and it seems like in the in England they're looking at Earl like all right yeah whatever you know Earl Kell's gonna knock his block off. Well, they're not and real then, fans I, then. And, and then I, and then I talk with uh, I talk with people here about the fight. And everybody uh, has a foregone conclusion that Earl, you know, gets crowned. He's been an uncrowned champion, and it's finally time to get crowned. And he's gonna knock Kell's block off. So, I think uh-huh. both sides. I think the positive thing about this fight is it will give positive exposure to both fighters. In that, in the regard that everyone will be able to see that both of these guys are class, quality, and top level fighters. Uh, and obviously, only one guy can win. But I think uh, in 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 the reaching for the victory and, and, and they're trying to attain the victory, I think uh, they'll be fighting at their best. And, and I think uh, fans will be able to see um, the quality both fighters have and show. This is a this is a mega fight. Right. I mean, it's this like, is huge. It, it, I, you know, it, it's every bit that uh, Thurman and Garcia was, but they don't have the notoriety, but they're both under, well, Kelbrook's not undefeated anymore, but as, as well, far as welterweight goes, he is. It's, it's not an notoriety here, but it's, but it's a pay-per-view in England. So yep. Well, I know Kel's a star there. I know, I'm just saying as far as like, you can argue that they're every bit as good or better than Keith and uh, and, and Danny. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's that level of fight. You know, it's that yep. same level of fight for me. You know, Broken Spence is the same level of fight as Thurman and Garcia. You know, a fight where you're salivating, waiting for it. Uh, uh, you're you're putting together in your mind the different kind of changes that might happen, the different ways they can set each other up, and you're just getting excited uh, thinking about what what could happen off of it. Errol said, Errol Spence said, "Don't run." <laughs> yeah. Well. I think the trash talk only heightens everything even better. This is why, this is why again, why I, I feel guys should be fighting closer to their primes instead of just milking it. You know, I didn't say you have to milk it for business-wise, and uh, unfortunately you have to milk it because the media and fans are very unforgiving and fickle, and they have themselves to blame when fights don't happen. Uh, a lot of it is they have themselves to blame when fights don't happen uh, when they want them to because, hey, man, fighters know how you write them all as soon as they get beat. But having said that, these two guys are going at each other despite all the possible risks. And uh, despite the fact that the loser may get written off unfairly, so uh, you know it, it makes the fight for uh, it makes it for a lot of excitement. But you know, fans and critics and media probably shouldn't get you too used to this happening all the time because of the way they treat fighters when they lose. You know, and then and when they when they write off the loser of this fight, they'll know that the next time this kind of fight doesn't happen, they should look no further than what they what they did to the loser of this fight because you know just like they always do, they end up writing off the loser. I gotta say, I, Errol Spence was hanging out at the Thurman Garcia weigh-in when we did a show over there. Mm. He's like a baby-faced assassin, man. He just looks like a like a young kid. He man. looks like a little kid, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think he even had a backpack on. I don't know. <laughs> he just looks like this young little kid, man. He, he is young. I mean, he, what is he, 26, right? 27, but I mean, he's his baby face, though. He looks like he'd be 21, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it, it'll be a, this is, that's, that's, that's a great fight to look forward to, Absolutely. for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's other fights. You mentioned Javante Davis. Uh, you got the, the heavyweight fight in New Zealand. Joseph Parker, Huey Fury. You got Alvar Canelo against Chavez, which is like I don't know. Nobody gives really Julio any shot in that fight, but I still think it'd be interesting to watch. You know what? I'll be honest with you. The fact that if he makes the weight the way he he has to be in shape to make that weight. One sixty-five. So, right? Yeah. So. You know, I give Canelo's got to be very confident to give up go up to of sixty-five. Course, of course, it shows you also on the other side how scared he is of Triple G. But um, <laughs> true. No, I think if Chavez is in shape, I give him a puncher's chance. You know, he's a big, strong kid. He's a big kid, man. Paulie, uh, absolutely. I uh, I agree. I mean, uh, 
I, I, I agree in that he'll come in shape. And I think, uh, I think from all the things I'm hearing about, he comes in shape. But they, they can't teach him how to fight, nonetheless. And I don't think Chavez really knows how to fight. So gotcha. I, think that, that, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to be in a fight, uh, if you're going to be in a basketball game, you have to know how to play basketball. If you're going to golf, you have to know how to golf. If you're going to be in a fight, you got to know how to fight. So I think Chavez maybe comes in really good shape. And I believe from everything I'm hearing, uh, Heredia has him, you know, making the weight really well. Uh, they're working hard in the can camp, and that's terrific. I think he's going to come in shape uh, for all intents and purposes of what I'm hearing. But um, even still, even still, he still has to know how to fight, and that's kind of where he's lacking, and that's probably what kind of has him as a big advantage. Yep, no doubt. And, of course, that is the most important statistic. No doubt. You got anything else you want to mention on the show before we wrap it up? Yeah, we, we've, we've gone over some stuff, man. We've gone over some stuff. We've even gone over the schedule pretty much, you know, so. You yeah. know, uh, the coming the coming weeks and all the fights. You know, a lot of the fights we we covered at least till the end of till the end of April for sure. You know, I mean, April's a very packed month with fights. You know, and I think May is gonna is 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 not is not uh not that short on fights either. You know, so I think it should be a a, a good time. The next few months will be fun for boxing. It's been a good year, man. No doubt. All right. <clears throat> all right, all right boss. Well, I, well, that's it for this episode. I don't, I don't, again, I don't know what episode we're up to. Um, guys, if you're uh, out there, we got to find us on Showtime Boxing. It's no longer. What was hey, it before? Hey, that just, re- ju- just retweet me, and that's just the, retweet. Uh, yeah, that's where the show just will find be. Seth's page, follow Seth, retweet Seth. You retweet me, <laughs> you, at, at, you at bastard. Seth at Seth the tweet if you want to find out how we're doing with our show and uh, whenever we're on. You're gonna uh, retweet I, me. They'll see it on I, your I thing. Will, I'll, re- I'll retweet Seth as well. Jesus. And we'll uh, we'll try to we'll try to you know have have uh, as many shows as we can. We'll try to go on the air. It's, as often as we possibly can. Like I said, if you guys want us at the weigh-ins again, if you guys want us at the press conferences again, you guys got to tweet Steven Espinosa. You guys got to tweet Showtime Boxing. And uh, you guys got to let them know. If you don't tweet them, uh, they're not going to know the demand that, that you guys have for, for, for us at these shows. And uh, they're probably not going to put us on. You know, they put us on for one show. I thought you guys enjoyed the, the fact that we uh, we did the weigh-in at the France and Santa Cruz fight. Uh, we would love to do that again for you guys. But I think you guys, it's up to you guys to show the demand you guys have for us at these wings and these press conferences so Paulie we did we did the we did the Gail Jack also we did the Gail Jack as well yeah and Thurman uh, Garcia press conference we've done a couple cool things and we're gonna keep doing them yeah we did so you guys want to keep us going um you know if you guys want Showtime to you know up the ante a little bit and and, and present us at all these shows uh you guys gotta you guys gotta do your part if you guys want it Uh, and that's all right to these guys on Twitter Mm -hmm. all right boom you guys enjoy hope you guys enjoy the show man we'll uh We'll come back next week, and uh, well, we'll try to come back next week. What am I doing next week? We'll send you a helicopter. Hopefully, we're in the studio next week. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Helicopter. All right, guys. Yeah, get me one of those. <laughs> right on the roof. <laughs> Tweet right. Stephen Espinosa. We need a helicopter. Yeah. Not especially today. All right, guys. All right, bro. We'll talk to you later. Hope See you enjoy the show. Bye. Right.